It is Monday, January 30th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Super Bowl is set. The line is not. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Philadelphia Eagles handle business 31-7 domination of the Niners. The Chiefs back to the Super Bowl with a 23-20 win over the Cincinnati Bengals. What is the Vegas lead? I assume it has to be one of those, Scott. Well, I was going to talk. There's, you know, the college basketball last night. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, All right. All right. Let's talk championship Sunday, and then also we have to get into the crazy line movement that we've seen already for the Super Bowl coming up in two weeks. But let's start with the NFC championship game. And, and AJ, honestly. It's one of the worst games it, I've seen in a long it's, time. It sucked. <laughs> I, I Eagles fans liked it, I'm sure. Do you remember in, uh, in Billy Madison, they're doing the academic decathlon. Uh-huh. It's time for the debate portion. And, uh, you know, he, he, he gives his ramble yeah. and he says, you know, nowhere in that, you know, incoherent rambling did, did anything resemble rational thought. All of us in this room are now stupider yeah. for having listened to it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. All of us were are now dumber. A simple, uh, a simple, no. a simple wrong. <laughs> no. All of us were now. All of us are now dumber for watching that NFC Championship game. First off, the quarterback situation, big bummer. Yeah. NFL rules, big bummer. Officiating, huge bummer, and non-competitiveness, even bigger bummer. Yeah. Let's let's start with the quarterback conversation because I don't know if I don't know a whole lot of 49ers fans. It, and I, as someone who expected the 49ers to to play well here, I guess I can put myself in those shoes in, in in some way. But what I won't do is say, man, if Brock Purdy had stayed healthy, this is a whole different conversation. I don't think it would have been. I, I mean, I think it would have been a more competitive game. It would have been nice honestly, if they could throw a forward pass. Uh, honestly, I, I I don't. I I think it's unfair to say that. I, I, I think the think... Eagles are clearly the better team. I, agree. I was wrong. I agree. I, I was wrong about this because I, I said for the last. Two months, I said, Niners are the best team in the NFC. Listen, Come I, at me. I agree. I was wrong. I agree the Eagles are the better team. I just don't know how this game plays out if Brock Purdy's healthy for the entire game. Because, to me, the turning point in this game was Josh Johnson fumbling the snap at the end of the first half. Oh, I agree. And instead of it being 14-7 going into the locker room, and even with Johnson at quarterback, you still think, maybe there's a chance. Yeah. But now it's 21-7. That, that was the turning point in the game. And it wasn't like it was a bad snap. It was like it hit him in the hands. Yeah, he just wasn't it's, ready for it. You know, but it's I, tough. I know. Does Brock Purdy fumble that? I, I don't, don't know. know. But here's the, here's the truth of Do it. Do the Eagles put seven guys in the box if Brock Purdy's healthy? No. Here's the truth of it. Brock Purdy didn't slip on a banana peel. Yeah. The Eagles yep. knocked him out of the yes, game on did. a clean hit. Yes, and they did. And that was that. So, it, it, however you want to dice it, the Eagles – took care of their business. I'll say this for the 49ers. After Josh Johnson got hurt and they put Brock Purdy out there who clearly wasn't able to throw the football more Mm -hmm. than five yards, I said, why not put Christian McCaffrey back there and just see? 
That's what I like. Well, Kyle Shanahan said that the reason why they didn't do that was because they felt that they were able to at least run their running plays the way that they were designed with a quarterback handing the ball off to McCaffrey rather than McCaffrey taking wildcat snaps and running. At some it's point, a different blocking scheme. At some point, when you're down three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, having successful yeah. running plays doesn't did, do you and, much and, good. And they did try one pass play with McCaffrey, and it didn't do anything. I would have kept rolling with it. And uh, so like, would it would have been yep. direct snaps. Because what you didn't have— what let, you, let him do the Derrick Henry jump throws, whatever. Brock Purdy was a nothing out there. Nothing. He, he couldn't run, they lit, and, the and he couldn't throw. literally put seven guys in the box. It was incredible. So, and I'm not they saying— They dared you to throw the football. I'm not saying Christian McCaffrey would have had a bunch of success as a passer. What I'm saying is— it enables you to get another playmaker on the field, mm. and you've got if you've got one more guy who can make a play on the field. That's something because Brock Purdy clearly couldn't make a play. Yeah, he couldn't throw the ball. Mm. He couldn't run the ball. All he did was take the snap and then hand it to someone. You've got to have an. You've got to have as many threats out there as you can because, like you said, they were able to just say You're, they're running the ball. If they're not running the ball, it's a short screen because he can't throw the ball down the field. Mm. At least when McCaffrey, like, the, you saw the defense panic a little bit the time that he did. Th- yeah. I mean, he he uh, sort of mishandled things and yep. had to throw it away. But you could at least see, oh, the defense was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. We still got to think about this. Mm-hmm. Because with Purdy, they weren't having to think about it nope. anymore. This was a, as – I was trying to think because uh, B.J. Simmons, who's a, a former Texas Tech quarterback, a uh, guy from Houston, on Twitter I saw say, is this the worst NFC championship game ever? And I thought about your Giants, mm-hmm. uh, the year, I, and I, I even forget who they played. I, I, it was either the, it was like the Lions or the Vikings or someone like that. But they, they just they beat the whoever it was in the NFC Championship by like forty points. It was like forty to zero, and then they had to that play was, the Ravens. No, it was was it forty one nothing against the Vikings? That was it. Yeah, yeah. Kerry Collins. Yeah, and then they had to go play the Ravens the next game, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Enjoy it while you can, because I promise you, next in two weeks will be different. And of course, <laughs> it, it was very different two weeks later against that Ravens defense. But it was, it, it's, it was. This was a really bad football game. The, I guess, credit to uh, Christian McCaffrey who made it. You know, I, I didn't. I can't say made it respectable. He put up a fight. Uh, he did everything he could do in this game. Th- there just wasn't enough. And, you know, Debo Samuel, we, we thought maybe he'd, he'd have some, some success running the football. Not only did he, he – I mean, he got six carries. He got nothing. Negative nine yards rushing the football for Debo Samuel. They said, you're not beating us, Debo. And it, it was a, a clinic, really. And there's another moment. You know, you mentioned the snap, the, the mishandled snap. I think the other big moment of the game was on the first drive when Devontae Smith Not drops that ball, and they don't throw that challenge flag. And if you do, it's a, it's a whole different ball game, maybe. You know, like it's it, you never sure. know how those things will work out. But that felt like a oof moment when they when they didn't get any. I know. thought I thought the risk reward there for challenging was worth it. I know it's the first drive of the game, and there's plenty of football to be played. But you have the opportunity to turn the Eagles over on downs on their opening possession. Yeah. And then you can march down the field and take a lead, whether it's 3-0 or 7-0, doesn't matter. But you can get a lead in this game. And if you lose the challenge, big whoop, it's the first half. You can lose a timeout, and you still have another challenge left. So I, I thought the risk-reward there was great, great enough. 
that Shanahan should have immediately thrown the challenge flag. I think so too, especially when you say what you like what you said. It's a turnover on downs. It was fourth down. That's, that's yeah. a momentum yes. killer. Yes. That those this any wasn't a, energy the crowd this had. This wasn't a third down where you know that hey, you know what they're gonna it's they might good, go for it. They're again. gonna go for it on fourth down. No, that no. was fourth down. That yes. was your football. And not only was it going to be your football, that would have taken the crowd right out of it. Yes. Like it would have it mm-hmm. would have thrown a wet blanket over that crowd. And instead, you go they go down get a get a touchdown. Now it's seven nothing. Mm-hmm. Now you're in a position. That you you're not comfortable. You're chasing the game, you're, and the the 49ers are, are not built to chase yeah. with Brock Purdy. Let's just face it. Well, you know he go. Brock Purdy leaves the sixth offensive play of the game, and kudos to the 49ers for literally they they fought. They fought. They were seven yeah. seven. It was a seven seven game, and then the what was it? It was the um, there was a roughing the kicker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like think about it. If they don't rough the kicker on that possession, then. They get the ball back in a seven-seven game. Yep. Right. Was Instead, that? Yep. Was that what it was? It was yes. It, was it would the, have been seven-seven. Instead, the Eagles go down and score. Now it's fourteen-seven, yep. and then the, then the turnover. Yes. And now it's twenty-one-seven. Yeah. I mean, it was a it, it was a disastrous first half for the 49ers. They never recovered from it. And in this in the second half, there was just there was nothing that offense could do. I mean, this was uh, in hindsight, and it's easy to say when there's multiple quarterback injuries, but this was the underest under ever. Uh, because the 49ers <laughs> just, they, they had no, I mean. Oh, they, no, the roughing the kicker was in the second half. That was a different possession. That was on the possession that made it 28-7. to seven. Well, how'd they give it to them? In, uh, man, okay, you, maybe you're right. I, I remember them when the. When the the when Eagles the, did go for it on a fourth and one and on they got that it? driving to get it, yes. Okay. And, oh, there was the pass interference on the third and seven that extended the drive. That's what okay. it was. Yeah, there was a lot of penalties in both games, uh, and we'll, we'll get to the the Chiefs game and beneficiaries of penalties later on. But yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't meant to be. And again, I, a lot of respect to to Kyle Shanahan for making Brock Purdy do what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, in hindsight, it's like, man, if you were going to have Brock Purdy, like Josh Johnson's nice, but. You got to be prepared. You got to be prepared. Yeah, and they they simply weren't prepared. And you can't prepare for a concussion, certainly for Josh no. Johnson. But um, I don't know. I I don't know who who do you have to who do you have to leave off the roster to to have a third quarterback? I don't know. Well, there is no the the NFL. They used to have the the third quarterback rule used to be a thing, and it hasn't in for like ten years. But what it was was a team you were allowed to have a third quarterback that was inactive, so he wasn't a part of the forty five player double roster. Injuries. Unless there were two injuries where the first two quarterbacks were then ruled out for the rest of the game, the third quarterback was allowed to play. They don't do that anymore. Right. But they you can still carry a third quarterback on your roster. And if you're if you're rolling with Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson, you might want to have some sort of a situation where like if they get hurt, you can at least throw a forward pass. Yeah. It, 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 it was bad. It was tough. And once, you know, once Purdy came back into the game, there was no chance because, as we mentioned, the Eagles just stacked the box. And, hey, congratulations. Philly got the job done. They were impressive. They've been the best team all season long. It's wire to wire for yep. Philadelphia now in the And NFC. you know what? I, and I question because they hadn't they, they hadn't played anybody good. I, I said this last – I said, has anybody made it to an NFC championship game playing such a weak schedule ever? And I think the answer was no. It didn't matter. Uh, because the Eagles against the 49ers, who I again I, I said were the best team in the NFC, not only did they get the job done, they dominated that team. They 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 made them look like they didn't belong on the field. So by the way, to the Eagles, your boy over here sitting on the Eagles in both of our preseason drafts on the Dream. Nice, 
Just saying. Yeah, you were you were a believer early on. Sitting on on the Eagles. You were a believer early on. I want to know what point you kind of like backed off of them. Like, because even you thought the 49ers were going to win this game. Maybe when the 49ers started. Once the purdy magic started happening, you started into it a little bit. And and scoring 30-something points a game. And the defense was lights out. Christian McCaffrey was just incredible. I'll be honest. I just... And it, Jalen Hurts getting hurt. That that yeah. is certainly a part. There's a lot of people who are calling me an Eagles hater, and I I don't care about the Eagles any more or less than any team. I I, I don't really have team. I have a couple teams I hate. I tr- mm-hmm. I promise you, the Eagles aren't one of them. But I have, have found myself doubting this team all year, and uh, even up to this game. So for them to do what they did last night, it certainly shut me up, and I think it shut up a lot of people who had any doubts about the Philadelphia Eagles. Can we agree the officiating was horrible? For sure. A terrible officiated game. It, b- both games were terribly officiated, and it, it's unfortunate. It was, an, it, it was an eyesore of a weekend. This, the officiating. It's unfortunate that these are, I mean, these are the team. These are the the games that are supposed to matter the most. The, yeah. the, who decides who gets to the Super Bowl? And these crews are making calls like these. It, it's it's unreal. And then think about in two weeks we get Carl Cheffer's crew. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's Who's funny. Called the most penalties in the entire NFL this year. Yeah, it's just tough. Like, and there was a there, there was a call at the end of the game that just kind of summed it up for me. It summed up in two ways. When the, the guy was, Tillman punch, yeah, when he's punching yeah. at the ball, I was like, "Well, first of all, that's just dumb to be punching at the ball like that. You're losing by it's it's okay to punch at the ball for like a couple times, but then to keep doing it, like you know, and like, like yeah. rearing back, like yeah. it, yeah. It, it was just silly. But to call a penalty at that point in the game, it's it, like the game's over. Dude. Like, what are you doing? What are we doing? Just let Let's just let this game yeah. end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then but, things got real chippy at the end for sure. Yeah. Um, and by, by the way, like. You know, it, not that it mattered because they did throw him out of the game. But uh, after Trent Williams threw that dude down, he got up and threw a punch, mm-hmm. which I was like, Ooh, if they kick Trent Williams out and don't kick out the guy who throws the punch, there's there's going to be uh, there's going to be some beef. Yeah. But they threw everyone out of the game, rightfully so. And I think the the thing the Eagles did that was very smart at that point, Minshew, Jalen Hurts never yep. saw the field again, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have let him either because it was clear the 49ers were salty. Yep. And you never. I'm not saying anybody's going to go out there try and hurt someone on purpose. But if there was ever a time when mm-hmm, someone might mm-hmm. try to do that, it feels like that would have been the time. So protect your asset, keep him on the sideline, let Minshew uh, go out there and yep. take the knees and, and get the job done. What's amazing is, you know, the Eagles scored 31 points. Jalen Hurts threw for 121 yards and no touchdowns. Yeah. Their leading receiver had two catches for 36 yards. They did it. It was a collective running game. Kenneth Gainwell, 48 yards. Miles Sanders, 42 yards. Jalen Hurts chipped in with 39, Boston Scott with 21, but it was also playing with a short field. You yeah, know, they always had a short field. Constantly forcing the, uh, the 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 Niners to punt the football and and never having to really, you know, march all the way down the field. You know, on their on their first drive, they get the ball at the the 34. Their second drive, they're at the 44. Third drive, they're at the 15. That was the one where they punted. The, the one drive they started at their six, they punted as well. And then, you know, starting 25, starting uh, at the San Francisco 30, starting at 20, you know, it's it's like the, they had one long drive. The rest of them were just short fields. Yeah, the, the opening drive was the long drive. Like, yeah, they, and they had one long drive in the second half, the 91-yard drive, which was aided by the roughing the kicker yep. penalty. And if you had told me that, you know, Jalen Hurts would have 120 yards passing and the Eagles were going to average 3.4 yards per carry, I would say win the game. I would say they're in trouble. Yeah, and the the forty. I mean, the Eagles' defense was phenomenal. I shouldn't say maybe not phenomenal. 
they were strong yeah. given the given the opponent. Mm-hmm. And basically they they had a they were playing against a team with one hand tied behind their back. Yeah. And they made them look like they had a yeah, good hand not, tied behind their back. If you look at the back. box score, the box score doesn't blow you away. It's not like they sacked the quarterbacks either. They had two sacks on Johnson and one sack on Purdy. That's it. Well, what it, does blow you away is the QBRs. Yes. Like, the, the inefficiency of those quarterbacks. And even though people were talking about, well, Brock Purdy, four for four, or 100% pass, or 100% complete. Yeah, 3.7 QBR for that game. He was, I mean, he was he wasn't there. And it was it's unfortunate that we didn't get to see how Brock Purdy would perform in that situation. Mm-hmm. But that's football, man. Like yeah. I said, he didn't slip on a banana peel. Eagles were the better team, uh, and, and Eagles deserve to be where they're where they're at. The AFC Championship game, as many of us expected, came down to the wire, AJ. Much more competitive. Much more competitive. Much more excitement. Except for the way that it ended. Chiefs and Bengals tied at 20 on a, what was it, a key? Was it third down, right? Mahomes rushing for the first down, gets pushed out of bounds, a late hit flag thrown, putting the the Chiefs in field goal range for Bucker to kick the field goal with three seconds left. Okay, so you and I haven't talked about this, so I wanted to get your thoughts. It was it was third and four mm-hmm. when when Mahomes takes off, gets pushed out of bounds. Did you think that that was a bad call? <sighs> I tweeted out at the moment. Because right in the moment, I'm watching the game, and my first reaction was, there's no way they threw that flag there. There's no way they're going to do this. They're not going to do this. They're not going to let the penalty dictate the end of the game. By letter of the law, it's 100% a penalty. It's clear as day. Both feet out of bounds. He's taking his third step. Clear as day. Yeah. It's a penalty. Would I have swallowed my whistle? Kept that flag in my pocket and let the game play out. You bet your ass I would have. Here's why you can't do that. Because I'm letting the players dictate this game. Here's why you can't do that. It was bang, bang. The reason you can't do that is what if, and it ends up Joseph Asai ends up hurt on that game. Mahomes got hurt on that. Mahomes was already playing hurt. Yeah. You take a shot at him out of bounds, like a shot that in the regular season or in the first quarter, it's a 100% of flag. I know, I know. You can't send Mahomes to overtime, you know, more gimpy than he already was. I know. I felt terrible for Joseph Asai because not only He's does— He's trying to make a football play. He's running full speed. I He's got to push it. him, you know. But Mahomes had two feet down out of bounds and was taking his third step yeah, in the contact but game. But at that point, the momentum was already carrying Joseph Asai, and it's it's it's— it's, it, it's he can't do anything there. Joseph Asai gets injured. Yeah, the penalty costs his team the game. Yep. The saddest part was that was probably the best game of Joseph Asai's career up to that point. Yeah, like he, he was incredible. So it's and that's the other thing that doesn't that doesn't get discussed or at least isn't discussed now because unless it's Bengals fans. There was a pretty clear hold on that play as well. Uh, More than clear, it was blatant. But there, were, listen, there were a lot of missed calls in this game. I don't think that that unnecessary roughness out of bounds was one of them. If you want to call, if you want to call a lot of the other penalties yeah. in that game nonsense, I'm I'm here to listen. I believe I'm not gonna the, ar- I'm not gonna argue for it. I just hate that it it happened. The extra third down, that I've that's never, problematic. I've, I've never seen that happen before. Uh, they, the, 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 when you watch the replay and and clarify what you're what you're talking about, there was a moment in the game where they replayed a down because. They said that the play was blown dead. Yeah, and that's the funny thing is if you 
if you look at the like the play-by-play or the box score, I, I don't think you'll ever. I don't think you ever see this play because it doesn't exist in real life. But the third and nine, uh, Mahomes throws a ball. It's short. They're gonna have they, the, the Chiefs come off the field. It was a failed third down. Yeah, they 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 it was it was third in the fourth nine, quarter. Third and nine in the fourth quarter. The game's tied at twenty. The Chiefs did not get the 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 first down. They come off the field. The punt team goes on the field. But then the offense goes back on the field, and everyone's like, "Well, the ref didn't explain it hey, perfectly." Uh, I guess they're going for it on fourth down. No, nope. wait a minute, it's third down again. What they did, what they said was the play was blown dead. And on the replay, you see the official coming in, waving his no, you arms. Don't. No, you don't. Well, they they showed a, uh, they showed one where he was like highlighted. They they highlighted the the guy mm. like an overhead view where he's coming in, waving his arms from the sideline. And they said that he was. I mean, they said he was blowing the whistle. Normally, we hear a whistle when it blows. It was loud. It was loud, sure. But either way, they put seconds back on the clock. They make it third and nine again. The Chiefs' offense comes back on. You think, ah, poetic justice. Mahomes gets sacked. But Eli Apple, defensive holding, first mm-hmm. down of all people. Eli. Hey, by the way, I, I feel sorry for some Bengals. I don't feel sorry for <laughs> Eli Apple. Uh, but either way, the Chiefs get a first down. The good thing was they didn't do anything with it. No, just took time off the clock and possession away from the Bengals. But it would have been a – this thing could have been much more painful had that been like the the drive that went and sealed it mm-hmm. for the Chiefs. But the next possession was the Joe Burrow interception. And uh, my, my wife was asking me, she's like, is that on the quarterback or the receiver? And I was like, it's not on the receiver, certainly. Like Burrow could have put a little bit more on that ball, and it's probably a touchdown. But really it's just – a fantastic play by the by the defensive back who pops the ball up and and then uh um who Williams made the interception and i mean it was just a it was a, a brilliant defensive play that really took the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands and he got another chance mm-hmm. but by the time he got that other chance it was i mean he was backed way up to the 6 5 yard line whatever it was felt like they uh, they had a hard time getting out of there and another sack late in that drive for Joe Burrow. They have to give it back to Patrick Mahomes. They get a big return, the Chiefs do, and they go down and get that penalty and kick the field goal. Now, there's some people who are saying, well, that, the field goal would have been good even without the penalty. Yeah, you never know. You never know. And you, you, honestly, I don't I don't know if they kick the field goal there hmm. because clearly, like, they were talking all night long about it. Oh, it was a first down. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe they want to play and then run, clock it. Run a play, maybe. And clock it, yeah. But I, they were saying that they didn't they didn't know what the distance was for the kickers in this game because it was it was a tough tough day to kick. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they would have tried the kick from the the 43 or whatever it was. Who knows? But uh, that's that's what it boils down to. And uh, the – the Bengals get the ball, they get a kickoff, and then can't do anything with yeah. it. But uh, I thought I thought maybe with a couple of laterals, we were in play for a uh, uh, the over hitting. That would have been wild. It would have been a wild way to end the game. There, couple what? couple things about this game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes looked fine. He looked fine. I maybe, mean, maybe it, a couple, you're right. Couple maybe a couple of plays. He looked like he was a little bit hobbled. But mobility no. mobility wasn't great, but. Patrick Mahomes outplayed Joe Burrow. Yeah, game on the line. He I, ran I mean, the first down. Yeah, he was he was that dude in this game, and uh, I really think all the talk about Burrowhead and Burrow owns the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I, I think all that shit just got into Patrick Mahomes' head, and he said, "You know what? 
No, y'all are y'all mm-hmm. got me mixed up. And you know, again, I've I've been saying I, I don't want to like make snap decisions on one on one data point and say, see, I told you, or this is. But we've been saying forever that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the world. And it didn't take much for people to start doubting him. Yeah. So when he goes out there and shuts up the doubters, I, th- I think it was, Romo said that it was like when uh, when they said Clyde Drexler was was better than Jordan at that point, <laughs> and he went out there and humiliated him. Which, by the way, I in I think back to back weeks, Tony Romo compared Josh Allen and uh, Patrick Mahomes to Michael Jordan. You might want to slow down. Oh, Jim, <laughs> this guy's like Michael Jordan, Jim. But. Indeed, I do think Patrick Mahomes had that fire lit under him. And, you know, you talk about guys going out, and we've talked about Burrow doing this before, too, like just having that dog in him, which Mm -hmm. I believe he does. But Mahomes, to be out there on an ankle like that, that most most people take three or four weeks to be back from, for Travis Kelsey to be out there, didn't know if he was going to play. Kelsey was dealing with the back issue that came up in practice. Absolutely balled out. Yeah, and by the way, his number closed at 78 and a half. Ooh, land 78. Landed 78 receiving yards, yeah. Nice. Uh, here is what it boils down to. Patrick Mahomes has, no offense to Isaiah Pacheco and, you know, Jarek McKinnon, the Chiefs don't have a good running game. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs' best receiver on the field today was Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's like, he was the, th- the third wide receiver cast off uh-huh. from Green Bay. Like, there's just, there's not a lot out there for him besides Travis Kelsey. And it didn't matter because at the end of the day, like Patrick Mahomes is that dude. And he makes, whether it's Sky Moore or Marcus Kemp, whoever he needs to find mm-hmm. to get to get a first down, that's what he did. And Kadarius Tony and Juju getting banged up, it, it didn't matter. They just kept rolling those guys out there. And Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, whoever's around them. And that's why, like, you know, and I was I fell victim to this too. It was like, the Chiefs did nothing to replace Tyreek Hill. How can they possibly be that good? And you you eventually realize Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Like Tyreek Hill's a good player. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. It doesn't matter though. Like Patrick Mahomes is still going to be Patrick Mahomes. And oh, I don't have Tyreek Hill. Okay, I'll just make Marquez Valdez Scantling <laughs> go for 120 or whatever he did in a touchdown. Like, and by the way, that touchdown he threw to Scantling was. The, the window was about the size of a bread box, and he put it in there. And the, the one where Scantling's like sitting on the ground with the ball. It, it when it first when I saw it live, I was like, "Oh, he threw a pick." Yeah. And then Scantling throws his hands up with the ball. I was like, "Oh my goodness, this dude is unreal!" And yeah. well, he played great. He, he did. And he, like I said, he showed no signs of really being limited by the ankle. Uh, we thought, or at least I thought, that you know McKinnon was going to get a ton of field time. I mean, he carried the ball four times, but didn't do anything. Uh, and he got two catches. I think there was a, he did have four targets. So he had the chance to catch four balls. Cause I had the over three and a half, but he didn't stay in and block. They didn't need him to stay in and block. And Mahomes was okay. And in, when the game was on the line, he took off and he ran. So, and now he gets two weeks now to rest up for the Super Bowl. I see no reason why Mahomes, uh, it, it should be limited at all, which is why taking a look at the Super Bowl now, it gets really interesting to see this line movement. I want to get to those lines, but I want to, I want to say a couple more things about this this game. And one is, I'm gonna I'm gonna go positive before negative. The touchdown pass that Joe Burrow threw to Jamar Chase, or no, to T Higgins, the over the top uh, touchdown pass that like 
I, I don't even know how he <laughs> got it there and how T. Higgins caught it. One of the most brilliant passes I've seen. But the negative is I don't remember Joe Burrow in a big game feeling like he he, he made mistakes that cost his team. Well, and it felt I, like he, the, the two picks, that he, the first half pick, you didn't know at the time how big it was. Yeah, but also the second half pick, too, which is a great defensive play. I mean, it was, but he underthrew the ball or, it, or it's a touchdown. I, sure. Like, those aren't things that Joe, like, and this is unfair to Joe Burrow, but this is what he's done. He's made himself this this guy, almost like Patrick Mahomes, where you just expect him to do things that not everybody can do. Mm -hmm. And when he fails to meet those unfair expectations, it's like, damn, what was that? Joe Burrow throw two picks in an AFC championship game? Woo, didn't see that coming. Um, And again, it's not like Joe Burrow didn't play poorly. Joe Burrow just didn't he, – he didn't play as well as Patrick Mahomes did on a bum ankle. I thought the Chiefs' defense played great. I thought Chris Jones had a great game. I thought the defensive front was fantastic. Boy, The, the, the offensive line issues for the Bengals really showed up. It, it took me back to last week in Buffalo and where the Bills couldn't generate any pass rush. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rousseau, who's been really a beast since Von Miller went out, it couldn't get any pressure even like the, 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 the snow took away any kind of footing for the defensive player. That wasn't the case here. No. And the, the chiefs, their pass rush absolutely teed off. And you're right now. Remember back to last year, Bengals beat the Titans gave up like hundred sacks. sacks. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, and it, they still won the game. So it's possible, but boy, you five sacks. And some of those were big hits on Joe and, you know, there was a couple times where he got up and he's like looking at guys like, mm-hmm. come on. He was getting frustrated. I think you do have to give the Chiefs defense some credit, though. Like, if we're going to give the Eagles defense credit for beating Brock Purdy, who couldn't throw the ball, I think we got to give the Chiefs defense some credit for beating up on this, you know, makeshift offensive line. Uh, and they, they did what they were supposed to do. And uh, it came up came up big when it mattered, particularly, you know, that the, the Chris Jones sack late in that game when it looked like the, the, the Bengals had a chance to go down and, mm-hmm. and win the game. Chris Jones was like, no, not today, friend. And they lined them up. Romo made a great point. They lined them up on the outside yep. for that play, which is not a not a position that he's he's in most of the time. He's, he's usually an interior defensive yeah. lineman. So they lined them up on the outside wide, and he was able to get to Burrow. I thought Spag- oh, well, Why? Spagnuolo because you, you've got, pushed a great game. Why do you line them up there? Because that's where that's where they're weak. Yeah. You put your strongest guy on their weakest guy, what are they going to do? Move? You think the Bengals are going to move a guard outside? No, <laughs> you just say, "Hey, we got a real good pass rusher here in Chris Jones. I bet he can beat one of these scrubby tackles." Yeah, and he did. So kudos. Yeah, you're right. Spagnuolo did call a great game. Something you don't, something you don't think about a lot uh, in this Mahomes Reed, you know, enemy era. This was a oh, this was a well played game by the Chiefs defense. I, I think in a game that a lot of the attention was on the Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo, Steve Spagnuolo. Announced his presence. And you know what? The first drive after halftime, I was like, uh-oh. Because the Chiefs came out three and out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, boy, we've talked about this before. The halftime adjustments. About making those adjustments. Yeah. And uh, it looked like. <laughs> Next maybe, possession, they marched down the field. And scored maybe they'd figured something out. <laughs> and it turns out they had not. Uh, as the Chiefs, Chiefs, like you said, went go down and score a touchdown quickly there. Oh, Although, Jim, you know how hard it is to go against this Andy Reid offense and the scripted plays? Yeah. Uh, so, 
listen, kudos to the Bengals for another great season. I, here's what I do enjoy about the Bengals. This was a joke franchise five years ago. Yeah. Uh, and it really goes to show, like, if you find the right guy, and I'm not talking about Zach Taylor. If you, I'm talking about Joe Burrow. Yes. If you find the right guy to put in charge of your, your franchise, you can take whoever it is mm-hmm. and, and make them, you know, a, a contender. And clearly Joe Burrow took this team that was a laughing stock. Put a, and I mean, Jamar Chase, you've got some good pieces around him now, certainly. But without Joe Burrow, I, I assure you, none of this is happening. So k- kudos to the Bengals for finding the right guy. Uh, I didn't believe at the time that Joe Burrow was the right guy. I was, uh, I've been a longtime doubter of Joe Burrow. There's no denying now. Joe Burrow, f- he's fantastic. Yeah, uh, he, top he's, five quarterback. W- without doubt, he's that dude. Uh, b- but he's not the dude. The dude is still in Kansas City. Stop with the Burrow head. Stop with anybody owns the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. And uh, like they say, if you come at the king, you best not miss. <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes, still the king. Well, it's a historic Super Bowl, AJ. The Super Bowl we played in Arizona coming up in a couple of weeks. I can't believe it's not in Philly or Kansas City. What, like, I thought that's just like the thing now. Yeah. So, just played uh, at somebody's home field. Just played at home. Yeah, two years in a row. We had to stop that. So uh, Sunday, February 12th. Uh, at the State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, the Eagles and the Chiefs. Historic, it is the first Super Bowl with two black quarterbacks. Oh, I didn't know that. It is also the first Super Bowl that will feature brothers as the Kelsey brothers are playing in this. They are the first first pair of brothers to play um, against each other in a Super Bowl. This is... I think the one is more... Historic than the other. I, I think so too. <laughs> it was funny. My wife was like, when at the beginning of the day, she was like, "I'm cheering for the because she's been listening to the Kelsey brothers podcast." Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, "I'm I'm cheering for uh, the Kelsey brothers. I want them to play each other in the podcast." Like, well, all right. I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't really, you know, other than my bets, which certain like I had the teaser. It was over after the 49ers lost. I said, mm-hmm. I, "I cheer for whatever you want. I don't care." Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, first, yeah, first first uh, Super Bowl to have black quarterbacks starting. That is pretty on, cool. On both teams. That is very cool. Can't believe it's never happened before. I mean, we've, we've had one. We've had plenty of ones, but we never had uh, one on each side. So, uh, pretty historic moment for both Patrick Mahomes and for Jalen Hurts. Now, also historic is the crazy line movement. This game opened up Chiefs-Eagles at a pick and the total of 51. It then I'm 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 reading some timestamps here. 10:03 Pickham 51. 10:04 Eagles plus one and 51. Then back down to pick. Then plus one again. Then back down to pick. Now our total is at 50 and a half. Then 50. Then 49 and a half. Back to Eagles plus one. 49 and a half. All of a sudden, Pickham Eagles minus one. Do I have minus one? No, I might have plus one. Plus one. After 40 minutes of from the opener, the line was at Eagles minus two and a total of 49 and a half. It's funny, even crazier than that, uh, Jeffrey Benson from Circa. It, he was talking about they opened the, the game at the Chiefs minus two and a half. That was at 7.08 uh, local time here. Yeah. At 7.29. 
it was plus two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so in 21 minutes, that line flipped five points. Yeah. That's just doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, right, so. right, right now I'm seeing Circa's at two and a half for Philly and 50 on the total. You got the South Point two and, and by the half. way, two and a half minus one fifteen on Philly, <laughs> like it, it's on like headed to three. Oh my goodness, they got two and a half. The South Point forty nine and a half on the total. Uh, so this line is just, it, and it's going to move more. It's going to be it's going to move more, but definitely people jumped right in on that opener, thinking, whoa, 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 you're making the Chiefs favorites, not happening. And this line, this total, way too high, and the books were like. Whoa, we screwed up. Yeah, <laughs> our bad. Yeah, my bad. Oh, gonna have to swallow some liability there. Yep. <laughs> I mean, luckily, I mean for luckily for the cockroaches, uh, the limits are low. I would imagine you're probably not able to get too much down yet. Yeah. But boy, you might want to get that right before you uh, start it, start bringing in those, you know, six figure bets well, that are going to be dropping. Maybe even some seven figure ones. I gotta ask it. I gotta ask. Is this Dumbo teaser time? <laughs> Chiefs, Chiefs plus the eight and push the total up from 49 to, you know, 55, 56, I, whatever I, you got to do. You know, I don't hate it. I'm going to say that. I don't know that I'll be playing the Super Bowl that way, but I, I can tell you I, I don't hate that. The Dumbo, I, I got the tweets coming in at me. The Dumbo teaser worked for the Bengals and the Chiefs. Did it really? Yeah, of course. Either way you sliced Damn it, you took Bengals or Chiefs. Or they the cover the teaser yeah. line and the total going under or over. Four-way yeah. Dumbo. Yeah. Damn 49ers. They had to blow it. The worst part is, like, maybe the best part. I kept saying, if I get a clean three, plus three minus 110 on the Niners. Yeah, and you got it. No, I never got it. Oh, you it. never got it? I no. never got it. So I didn't get to play it. I, like, I was minus 115. I was like, nope, I'm playing it patient. Never got it. Thank God I didn't get it. <laughs> I would have been even more pissed. So, uh, where do yeah. you think this line, this Super Bowl line, closes? It certainly looks like it's headed to three. Uh, I, I think Don't they think that they've got to be really hesitant to put up a three. How do you, how do you not bet on Patrick Mahomes as a three point dog? I don't know. I don't know. I, I where he's been there before. Yeah, that's what I can tell. I can't if they give a full three. I don't know. I don't have a feel really right now for for which side I'd be on. But if there's a full three, uh, Patrick Mahomes plus three, there's no way I can say, yep, I feel confidently. This game's going the other way. There, I just can't get there. How many players are left from the Eagles Super Bowl team from I mean, a couple years it ago? It can't be many. Kelsey. It's it's well. I, it's clearly Kelsey. I mean, who else? Uh, Lane Johnson. Yeah. Well, that's not a lot of uh, experience. Well, certainly not compared to the Chiefs. Left over. Although I'm sure, you know what, that Chiefs team looks a lot different than it did two years ago. Even. Yeah, but, and, and look, there might be players that are on the roster that do have Super Bowl experience and whatnot, but uh, I just, I, it's Andy, Nick Sirianni, has he ever coached in a Super Bowl? He was with the Colts, but they, before he was with the Eagles, and they weren't a Super Bowl team. I guess he was with the Chargers, but they, they weren't a Super Bowl, no. 2012 with the Chiefs? No, Sirianni, I don't think he's ever coached no. in a Super Bowl. He doesn't know what to expect. <laughs> I just, I feel like all the experience goes in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs and their catching points just seems too good to pass up right now. Yeah, and I'm I'm sort of glad that I waited because, like, if you put a gun to my head and said, all right, you've got to make a play tonight, mm -hmm. like last night right after the game ended, 
I probably would have said, well, give me the Chiefs under three. And now you're gonna you can get them now at plus I might three, get a full three. So it's one of the few times where and again, game's gonna be played in two weeks. So I, I don't know if I'm right or not. But I'd feel real dumb if I, you know, laid two and a half uh, last night when, yeah. you know, this morning I could be getting two and a half and maybe later on this week three. So, yeah, this is uh, – it, it, I've never seen a move like that, like off the open. Mm-hmm. Like they, the market just said, that's wrong. It's wrong. And um, I, tend to, I tend to believe when they speak that firmly about something mm-hmm. early on. So this feels more like the right line. Now it's just a matter of if we see a three or not. So we're going to have a lot of fun on this podcast and on the Dream Preview as well with all the prop bets that are going to be available for the Super Bowl coming up in a couple of weeks. My favorite thing to do on shows that I've done in the past, and I'm sure you'll have fun with this, AJ, the exotics. Once I get the list of all the exotics from the offshore books, me and you are going to, and we'll have Mackenzie do it as well, we're going to fill out a little exotics sheet. Let's do it. Maybe we should open this up for listeners as well. Maybe <laughs> we can talk to you know talk to Tom, see if we can do something at pregame.com, have like an exotics props contest. I like it. To see, because a couple of years ago, not, you know, I'm not saying I had somebody on the inside, but I nailed the uh, Jenny from the Block for a song of the <laughs> halftime show. We had the the length of the national anthem down. Then last year, some moron had to stand outside the stadium timing the rehearsal and then all and put it on Twitter, and all the books took it off, took what it off the dope. board. He ruined it for everybody. This one guy thought he was cool and was like, I'm going to stand outside the stadium and record the rehearsal and show everybody that's over two minutes and 12 seconds or whatever it was. And every book took it off the board. No one could make money on this thing. It's one of the easiest things to make money on. Why? Because information's out there. You can always get info. You can watch prior renditions of the national anthem. You can watch prior concerts. You can find out from people that have worked with the crews. There's always ways to find out information. Now the limits on these things are low. Sure. But you can still get some money down, and we can still win some money on. Yeah, it's still know. fun, too. I love the exotics. It's it's one of my favorite things to do at the Super Bowl. Super Bowl's a great event, and we're going to have a great one this year. Chiefs and Eagles, we couldn't have asked for a better matchup. Seriously, like, the, what what matchup would have been better between, you know, these two teams who were number one in – it's a one versus one matchup. Yeah. Isn't that what we're supposed to get every yeah. year? And we got it. Yeah. It's one v one. No, this is uh, – I'll be honest. Like, it would have been – it would have been tough if – Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have been able to play in this game. It would have been like it would have been hard to say that we got the two best teams. Yeah, but I think we got the two best teams here, and that's this is just the uh, this is what you hope for at the beginning of the season. You hope to get a, a, a match, and I love also that just the betting market says this, these teams are pretty close. Yeah, like the the idea that this opened at two and a half, flipped the other way. Like a lot of different opinions on who's going to win this. I like that. And it's one thing for guys like us who deal with in point spreads to constantly be talking about who's going to cover. But for the casual, like this one, if you're just saying who's going to win the game, Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a tough call to make. So that makes an interesting Super Bowl in my mind. MVP Jalen Hurts plus 120 Patrick Mahomes plus 125. What's Travis Kelsey plus 900. That's where I'd look. A.J. Brown plus 1,000, Miles Sanders and Devontae Smith 20 to 1, Isaiah Pacheco 30 to 1. No. The, the, there's, the Eagles 
we saw this today. The Eagles spread the ball around. Yeah. The the Chiefs, there's one guy on that team you know is going to touch the ball the most. And that's that's the only way I'd look. Like I, 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 I don't got, think I, the numbers are good enough on Mahomes or or, uh, or Hurts. And the the guy who I know is going to be the most involved in the Chiefs offense, not named Patrick Mahomes, is Travis Kelsey. I got the play. What's the play? Chris Jones, 40 to 1. Hmm. Be interesting. A couple of sacks of Hurts in a big spot. This game winds up being a low-scoring game, dude. If you're a defensive player, if you're a defensive player, if you're a defensive player, you almost have to like have a forced turnover, or or, and you have to do it early because we saw it last year. Aaron Donald should have won the MVP because he, in the final drive of the game, he was the most influential player when the game was on the line. But the votes were already handed in. The votes were submitted already prior to that final drive. So Aaron Donald did not get named the most valuable player when he should have. And yes, I'm bitter because I had Aaron Donald doing the MVP <laughs> last year. But hey, what can I say? The defensive players offer good value. But didn't am I wrong? Like, uh, oh no, I guess not. I, the the year that did Malcolm Butler win the the Super Bowl MVP? No, no. they gave it to Brady. Right? Was it yeah. for the same reason? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. The voting, yeah, the votes are handed in early. That was the whole that's thing. The, Everyone, oh, that's right, because that's the year that uh, Brady gave him the truck that he would have won. Yeah. Uh, like, he got a truck along with it, and he was like, oh, I'll no, give, I'll it was, that, that was, was it Brady that year? Yeah. It was Brady. Brady and yeah. Brady gave him the truck. Yes. Because, um, yeah, because yeah, yeah, last year, that was the whole conversation. It should have been, it should have been Aaron Donald. He was the most influential player late in that game, but the votes were already, the votes were already handed in, and Cooper Cup was the, was the winner. Yeah. Eight catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns for yeah, Cooper that's, Cup that's last year. That's <laughs> pretty good. So the last time a defensive player won was Von Miller. Six tackles, two and a half sacks. That's a lot. That's a lot to put up. That's a It's a defensive game. Malcolm Smith won it for Seattle a couple of years before that. He had a pick six. A fumble That's recovery. What I you gotta have. You gotta create and turnovers. Ten tackles. Yeah, you gotta create. That's turnovers. a monster game, and that's just hard to predict. Yeah, you know, Dexter Jackson, Tampa Bay, back in the day, defensive player won the award. He had two interceptions in the game. Ray Lewis. Here's what it says for his stats for that game. This is the most hilarious thing ever. Led a dominant Ravens defense. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even give his stat line. All right. It just says he led. A dominant Ravens defense. Oh, I mean, wow. can you argue it? No, I can't argue. He Where's a, the suit, Ray? He led. The, Where's the suit? He led a dominant <laughs> Ravens defense. That's ju- it's just facts. We all know this. Chris Jones forty to one. Hassan Reddick fifty to one. Those are my defensive plays. Okay, I'll because I'll, I'll those are the guys that can get strip sacks. I'm just gonna stick with Travis Kelsey. I, I just feel like I know he's Darius involved. Slay, sixty to one. I know I know he'll be involved, and that's it's too much for me to pass on. That, like that's a better number. I thought you were gonna say like five to one. Jake Elliott, two hundred and fifty to one. <laughs> if they, um, how many? No people were betting. Uh, Mc, uh, what's his name? Uh, the 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 Bengals, Bengals kicker, Evan McPherson. McPherson last year for Super Bowl MVP. Ridiculous. They were literally doing that. Don't last throw year. your money away unless the Ravens play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and you get like some sixty yarder. Uh, don't bother. Yeah, that's. But hey, why not? We'll have more fun with this as we as we progress closer and closer to the Super Bowl coming up in Arizona in a couple of weeks. Elsewhere in the NFL, for teams who are not participating next week, 
Kellen Moore, no longer the OC for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Mike McCarthy said that they they reached a, quote, mutual decision to part ways after the end-of-year review Mm -hmm. process. Interesting that when McCarthy took the job, he felt it was important to keep Kellen Moore around. And decided maybe not now. I'm guessing this means McCarthy's taking over play calling responsibilities. I'm guessing this also means that if it doesn't work, McCarthy's the next head to roll in Dallas. Yes. And McCarthy is so is McCarthy gonna be the play caller? They haven't announced it. I, I'm just assuming. Okay. I, that's me maybe uh putting some context clues together, but it hasn't and, been announced yet. And does Moore get a job now? Uh, I think he'll probably get an OC job. Chargers? Uh, something like that. Yeah, that would make sense. I, I, I could see that. Um, I don't know what I, I – I don't really have a good feel for what I think about uh, Kellen Moore. But remember, this is a guy who was getting head coaching interviews or was like mm-hmm. – you know, last year. He was he was one of the guys interviewing for the Dolphins job last year. Um, Boise State asked him to be the head coach last year. So he's he's going to get an opportunity somewhere. That's another thing that wouldn't shock me if Kellen Moore ends up taking a college gig somewhere. Uh, and I, I think he could have some success at that level. Uh, speaking of the Dolphins, Vic Fangio getting paid to yeah. be the D.C. He's now the highest paid coordinator in the NFL. <sighs> I mean, does that, does that compute with you? Like, do you, do you think of this as a situation where, yeah, this is the guy, this, is the, this should be the high, I, I don't know. I don't know that that – I'm I'm a a Fangio fan. Am I? Can I get that? I get the 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 Dolphins need help on defense. Mm-hmm. I get that you're probably gonna have to pay somebody big bucks to be the DC because Fangio could could potentially be a a head coach. You got to get that fixed though. I guess maybe it makes sense. Uh, well, you're not gonna have you're not gonna have the players that you had in Denver. Yeah, the deal is not. 100% finalized, but according to all reports, that's what's going to happen. The three-year deal, option for a fourth year, will be the highest-paid coordinator in the NFL, and certainly it, it, it'll help. It'll uh, you know, you've got a team that has a very good offense. Well, we'll see what the quarterback situation is, but a very good offense. Now you get a elite defensive coordinator. It, 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 things can only get better for Miami now. If they just get Tom Brady, then it'll be a different story. <laughs> and what's funny is up until uh, up until yesterday, I had been kind of hearing that Vic Fangio was the most likely guy to take the D.C. job in Carolina and work with Frank Reich. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure where it goes now. Uh, Frank Reich apparently wanted Gus Bradley mm-hmm. and ownership wanted Vic Fangio. And there was some some disagreements. So, I, again, I don't know what happens if, if this is official. Like you said, the, the, there's no dotted line signature yet. But it, it, that's still a possibility for Fangio as well. Either, either way, it looks like Fangio is going to be the highest paid coordinator in football, uh, which, you know, m- maybe deserved. But, again, I always say this about these coordinators. Like, a lot of the time, the scheme is one thing. Having the players to run it is another. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to have the groceries in Miami that you had in Denver, at least on that side of the ball. LeBron James and Anthony Davis will both miss the Lakers game against Brooklyn tonight. Oh, no. uh, and this comes after, if you remember. Now, the, the official word is Davis is resting because he's got a, uh, a right foot injury. Okay. And LeBron is uh, load management. Clearly. But 
Saturday, there was a, a controversial call, no call, in the Celtics-Lakers game where LeBron probably, you know what, I, I'll say he, LeBron should have been on the free throw line with a tie game and a chance to win it. Instead, the Celtics lose, or the Celtics beat the Lakers in overtime. Uh, the refs union has come out and said it's gut-wrenching that this call was missed, although the Lakers have been saying, we haven't been getting calls at the end of games for like a month. <laughs> you guys keep screwing it. And Anthony Davis blatantly said Saturday night, we got cheated out there. I don't think it's a coincidence that these two guys are taking a game off mm. all of a sudden. Uh, but I, I got to be honest, and I know Darvin Ham said something like this. Uh, I think it was yesterday he said something. But I hate the NBA two minute report. Uh, well, Darvin if, Ham said, "Don't don't even let me. I don't want to see it. because like, it doesn't do anybody okay. any good." That's what he said. I agree with him. I can't stand this thing. I don't need the refs to come out and just and, and admit that they screwed up. You I know what it's I nice. prefer. I'd, get pref- it right. I'd prefer refs show up at the podium after the game and have to answer questions. Yes. or Well, they do get interviewed by a pool reporter. But, yes, I would prefer them to get on the podium. But I, the, the them telling teams, hey, guys, our bad, yeah. does nothing. Who's that doesn't, helping? Doesn't give you a win. Oh, yeah, who's no. that helping? Take away half a win for every, every screw-up by the refs. Yeah. Take away half a loss or whatever. Uh, in the NBA tonight, you've got the Magic, 10.5-point dogs at the Sixers. Uh, the line's been taken off the board most places for Lakers and Nets. I'm guessing it'll be up later this morning. I, I saw a plus 9 on the Lakers flash, and then it came down. 8.5. So, okay, so we'll see. Uh, the Warriors, 4-point favorites at OKC. The Sacramento Kings are a pick at Minnesota. The Wizards, 5-point favorites at San Antonio. Pistons plus eight and a half at the Mavericks, Raptors plus two and a half at the Suns, and the Hawks plus two and a half at Portland. Hockey, we're just a couple of days away from the All-Star break, and I would tread lightly with this schedule. It's a light schedule for the rest of this week as it's the final games prior to the All-Star break. There were just two games yesterday. I didn't play either of them just because I didn't have a feel for them. I really did lean towards uh, the unders in both games just because, and someone tweeted at me at Scott's on air, hey, what do you think about the totals for Sunday's games? And I said, honestly, I would lean unders just because I feel like teams are are looking ahead to the breaks. And uh, both games did go under. It was 4-1 Hurricanes over the Bruins and the Maple Leafs a 5-1 win over the Capitals. Just one game on the schedule tonight, the Blues and the Jets. Winnipeg is minus 210 with a total of six. There's three games on Tuesday and then two games on Wednesday, and that's it. That's the All-Star break. And then we have the All-Star game on uh, Saturday. Friday night will be the fun activities, skills competition, love that stuff. But then Saturday is going to be a fun event. where Where's the game at? It's in Florida, Sunrise. We went went over this already. I forgot. Okay. Um, And I love the way that they do it, the three-on-three tournament between the two divisions, you know, and and it's always a fun event to watch. So uh, definitely we'll have some fun with the All-Star. I'll have some some plays up on pregame.com. But as far as tonight goes, uh, with the Blues and the Jets, if it, you know, if we're going to get Hellebuck in net, I lean towards Winnipeg. Clearly, they are a minus two ten favorite, but I might honestly, I might just play all unders this entire week with the remaining schedule because I feel like these teams are just they're ready to uh, get a couple of days off. So total is six tonight. I lean towards the under. College hoops, not a lot in the top twenty five yesterday. Providence got a win and a cover. At Villanova, 70-65, and Purdue 
number one Purdue that took care of business, dominating Michigan State 77-61. to Got three games in the top 25 tonight. Virginia is at Syracuse. Virginia minus five and a half. These are two teams who are playing a lot better now than they were early in the season. I, I've liked Virginia a lot here. I'm scared to fade Syracuse right now. I feel like this is a pretty good spot for them. Baylor, number 17 Baylor is at number 10 Texas. Texas now a four-point favorite. This is a tough call because Baylor has struggled a little bit away from home. And Texas has had a very good home court advantage with one exception where they got blown out by Kansas State. This is a tough call for me. If anything, I I tend to lean to the points here uh, for Baylor getting four. It's probably going to be a pass. Iowa State at Texas Tech. Iowa State a a one-and-a-half point favorite at Tech. Tech has not won a game in Big 12 play yet. Iowa State's pretty good, but laying a a point-and-a-half on the road. The total in this game is 129-and-a-half. I think this is an under game. This is two incredibly good defenses and a very questionable offense, at least in the Texas Tech side. So I, I don't know if I see Tech getting their first win in Big 12 play, but I certainly see this one being a low-scoring game. Head on over to pregame.com and get yourself a daily best bet package or maybe a discount on a season-long package. Use the promo codes EARLY20 or BACON20, whichever one you have not used. Use the other one. We give them out every episode here on the show. You got two chances to save 20% off early 20 or bacon 20. Use those promo codes at pregame.com. If you're not a member at pregame.com, sign up. It's free. And once you are a member, you get a free $25 to spend at pregame.com. And you can do all cool things like join in the, uh, the, the forums and all that fun stuff and post your own picks and free contests where you can win dough and just it's 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 a great great opportunity to save a lot of money and win a lot of money by being a member at pregame.com again the promo codes early 20 or bacon 20 whichever one you have not used yet for aj hoffman i'm scott seidenberg we will have plenty more breakdown of the super bowl each and every day progressing through the next Two weeks right here, straight out of Vegas, AM.